Hey, this is Jose Galison on No Way Jose on the Liberty Movement YouTube channel. Today, our guest is Molly Smash, aka Chase to Cash. I don't really know if that's pronouncing it correctly or not. Close enough to Koch. Yeah. <laughs> to Koch. Okay, yeah, I never would have guessed that. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and let you give your quick introduction of yourself to the audience. That way, they uh, can know who you are. Uh, you can probably do more justice to it than I can. <laughs> Um, well, where do I start? Um, I am a dominatrix and a porn star, a sex workers' rights advocate, and I'm also the chair of the Libertarian Party of Orleans County and previously the state committee member for the LANY. Um, ran for legislature last year and think I'm about to get a spot on my town board, so. <laughs> That's interesting for sure. Um, so to, for this episode, I kind of gathered a lot of questions from a bunch of Facebook groups and other social media groups. Uh, the one thing I said is, uh, we're going to keep it respectful. We're not going to go too crazy. Uh, I mean, maybe if I had, if I had a Patreon or something like that, I'd use it as, as extra content, you know, for people who are interested in that, but I don't, if that's something you're interested in, let me know. I may have, uh, may have Chase on another time. Yeah. Uh, do you prefer Chase or Molly? First off, I didn't Either even... Chase is fine. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so the one thing I did tell him that, uh, it's like, you know, no jokes, like the biggest thing you're putting your butt hole or something like that. <laughs> So uh, we'll go ahead and get started on the questions. Of course, since I asked that, the first question I got was, "What's the second biggest thing you put your butt on?" <laughs> Obviously, we're not gonna we're not gonna do that. Like I said, if we if I had a if I had like a special content, we, we maybe we'd do that. But I mean, that's not really the angle I'm trying to go at. So uh, <laughs> uh, first off, how did you learn what a libertarian? Or no, actually, what got you into uh, sex work? Um. So I grew up in Florida. And there's the swamps of Florida, and then there's South Florida, which are two very different things. And when I was 18, like freshly 18, three days after my 18th birthday, I was already living in um, a spot called Fort Lauderdale. And I just so like, it's all kind of about who you know. And I just so happened to be living in a house full of porn stars. It's a lot that worked up to that point, but I was living in a house full of porn stars and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot. So the porn manager who also lived there was like, okay, I can probably book you a spot with um, F.A. And so that was my first gig. And I'm like, well, I'm going to go hard. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's seen my first video that I did and it was pretty out there. Um, <laughs> and it kind of just took off from there. So. Well, well, that's a that's a little kind of interesting how you end up in a house full of porn stars, but <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> just, can... it's just Florida. Like you could end up anywhere doing anything in Florida. It's really not out of the ordinary. Yeah, I, I live in Florida. I mean, I'm sure people have heard other ones. Uh, I'm not originally from here, but I live here, so I, I get what you're getting at. It is a an eclectic area. Yeah. Um. So one question I had. This is actually from me. Uh, how has COVID affected your work? I'm assuming it's been booming. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, okay, so. I think I made like a whole video on this. So everybody's like when, when COVID first started, like the businesses were all applying for SBA loans. <clears throat> and part of that is strip clubs and any other business that is about sex work. Um, they don't qualify for SBA loans. So all the strip clubs have been suffering a lot. I'm not a stripper. So that didn't affect me personally, but of course a lot of my friends are. So um, that sucks for them. And because everybody is kind of going broke, they don't really have money to tip on the webcamming websites or money to purchase videos on Pornhub or, so it's actually gone down a lot. And 
it's not just the online stuff. So um, my dominatrix stuff is in person. So again, people were worried about catching the virus when it first came out and they were all terrified of it. And I get it, you know, I understand. So people were canceling appointments left and right. Um, you know, what domination is not a necessity for a lot of people. So they kind of just had to cut their loss with that. Even my most, I guess you would say, wealthy clients were even like, I, I can't afford this right now. And that was surprising to me. So it, it was, it's actually not that great right now. Oh, that's actually kind of surprising. I guess most people would assume just people are more gone, more virtual, essentially. Um, yeah. But I guess, I mean, with, with porn and stuff, there's so much free alternatives. And so this is essentially, I could see how luxury items, which is essentially what porn or like sex work kind of is in a lot of ways, would kind yeah. of fall by the wayside. So I guess that makes sense. I never thought of it that way. I would have assumed it was the uh, the other, but I guess it makes sense when you're in a business that has a lot of free alternatives that people would turn to those instead of, you know, the paying during these trying times. You know? Well, it is something that a lot of people did turn to. Like, I know that a lot of people turn to OnlyFans. I don't use OnlyFans. I use AVN. But because a lot of people are low on money, it, they have, you know, their second job is OnlyFans. And it's unfortunate that it's at the same time that people just can't afford to pay for OnlyFans right now. Like, that is luxury. So it goes hand in hand. Um, but it has opened up the door to a lot of people recognizing the importance of sex work and why it is a great thing to fall on when there isn't really anything left, when all the businesses are closed and it's the one thing that you have control over. And there's still there's still a need for it regardless at any time, whatever anybody's going through, but not as much yeah. as there usually is. It's a pretty, pretty basic biological thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not going away anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, for a reason. Yeah, so. exactly. I mean, uh, yeah. So next question, how did you learn what a libertarian was and what made you one? So essentially the, this encapsulates what your philosophical journey was essentially. Yeah. So I grew up with libertarian parents <laughs> and I didn't find that out until three or four years ago. Um, actually I had a conversation with my dad and I always thought that he was a Republican. I was originally registered as a Republican, even though I didn't have half of my views were not Republican views. Um, and I kind of sat down, I talked with him one day and I was like, okay, why do you call yourself a Republican if you're very clearly not a Republican? <laughs> like there's so many views, like he's, he's pro-choice and just other things here and there, like pro-drug decriminalization and never had a problem with me being a sex worker ever. Like he was very accepting of that. So he's like, well, I'm actually something called a libertarian. And one of his employees out of his business was, um, I don't know if he was one of the chairs in Seminole County or I don't know what area it was, but he was very involved in his local chapter. And so he had me contact him. He explained to me like everything about libertarianism or bleh, <laughs> everything about libertarianism. And that's how I got into it. Hmm. That's uh, interesting. Not, not, a, not a lot of people end up with libertarian parents. It's, that's a, it's kind of a rare rarity. Like I know I'm, I kind of came sort of from the right. My parents were pretty generic, you know, centrist conservatives. Yeah. So, and that seems to be the story for a lot of people. Um, yeah, that's a uh, oh shit. I'm gonna bring this up. Uh, so next question. Uh, one thing we kind of, I mean, this is kind of a new flashy thing these days is agorism or agorism, however you pronounce it. I always forget which way is right. Which essentially is funny enough. You say agorism, it's kind of a fancy way of saying tax evasion. Which I mean, it's a whole lot more than that. You could call it agoristic opportunities. Uh, 
thing I'm getting at is what what do you see in this uh, in this industry so far as like how that works? Because I'm sure there are probably some where some aspects of sex work where it is like they do definitely keep an eye on that, and then probably some that aren't. Probably I'm assuming depends if you work with you know established companies, which I mean mm-hmm. I don't think most people even understand the ins and outs. I know I don't. I mean, so online online sex work as for um, OnlyFans or um, like my free cams or any of them that like you're you're broadcasting yourself or uploading content on the internet going through these professional websites, they take out the taxes for you, and at the end of the year you follow, you um, file your 1099. Oh, that's um, <laughs> you own your, you know, you know, if you own your, your business, you have to file your own taxes. Most sex workers look the professional ones. They do file taxes. Of course, with me, I also file taxes. Unfortunately, that's fucking sucks. But <laughs> I had to file taxes. Um, the ones that I would say might not would be survival sex workers. So the people that are living in really, really low income communities, they're doing full service sex work. So prostitution. And, you know, they might not even know anything about paying taxes or yeah, streetwalkers. <laughs> so, and when it yeah. comes down to it, none of us should be paying taxes is the truth. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if it's actually beneficial while you do have to pay taxes is, you know, the taxes that I pay at the end of the year, I end up getting back and paying for my giant propane uh, bill. So, you know. Yeah. I mean, well, the thing is, too, like you say they claim, but I know like part of like, say, with agorism is it's it's not necessarily people think of it. It's like they think black and white, but then anyone who's about agorism knows there's the gray. So like, cause they talk about black markets, white markets and gray markets. Essentially the idea being say, if you equate it to taxes, cause it's whole agorism is way more than just a tax evasion. I mean, I was kind of joking earlier, being a little facetious, but you know, one way to look at it is instead of, instead of claim, like people look at it as like black and white, like I said, so it's not as simple as do I claim or do I not? A real agorism will kind of hedge their bets. They may claim some of them, and yeah. you know like well, in new york state you can yeah. you can have up to fourteen thousand dollars in gifts so yeah. a lot of them you know there's loopholes for everything exactly or instead of instead of like selling a video for money you would sell it for a new st- set of you know mm-hmm. stilettos or you know just whatever they choose to accept for it or i've actually gotten confused in the age of cash app that's been hard for me to do my taxes like properly i mean i've been trying to manage it as much as i can but that's difficult for me yeah so uh yeah i guess that kind of makes sense that uh some of those would track it is also it's all online so it's kind of like everything you do is tracked so it is like you kind of can weasel a lot of it only so much yeah i I mean that might be one advantage for crypto for i don't know how how much you guys are are able to go in crypto because it is like a you play that game and now you can go into more of the um, agoristic type stuff where it's like they don't have as much ability to follow your shit. <laughs> so I have a bad story with crypto. <laughs> and I think just because of this, like, it makes me never want to get into it again. But um, for one, Pornhub just started only accepting crypto. So that's a decent thing. And mm-hmm. when I was in Florida, <laughs> this is like when crypto first started getting popular. I was in... You know, I had friends that were getting into it and I ended up buying $150 worth of crypto in, I think, 2013. And I just blew it. <laughs> and I'm just like, I can be rich right now. <laughs> like, you have no idea. So that's my like, every time I think of crypto, I just think of how quickly I just fucked up and just blew that crypto so quickly. <laughs> that's kind of cool. I didn't know Pornhub was doing uh, doing that where they only take crypto now. I mean, it's... Yeah. I mean, it's kind of cool. And then, like I said, that does allow more agoristic opportunity. Like you'd kind of, 
like I was saying before, you'd kind of be an idiot not to claim anything because, I mean, as to some extent, the state knows you are doing it. So, yeah. but it's a matter of, you know, like, you know, Conkin would always talk about, you know, the Samuel Edward Conkin would always talk about, like, you kind of, you kind of measure, like, what is the pros and cons. So, like, if you know there's, say you're making $100,000, you know, going through the gray market of whatever it is you're doing, whether it's, like, evading taxes or whatever, you know, if you're only going to get hit with possibly a $5,000 fine, it's kind of like, well, you came out on top. So, yeah. like, it's kind of about knowing what, what the penalties are going to be. If it's just as simple as, you know, you're, you might get hit, you kind of, like, figure out what the – you play the odds and to an yeah. extent, you know, but intelligently. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You push um, the limits and see what you get away with. That's – Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, and sometimes it helps to just know the system and, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, one thing I want to get into, someone had this question, thought, your thoughts on polyamory. And then I kind of want to get into uh, on the individual and the societal, because this is what I've kind of like racked my head on. Because like for me, personally, I can understand like individually, I don't give a fuck. And obviously, like whenever I'm talking here, I'm not saying any at any time anyone should ever be forced through like, you know, government or anything to do anything. But I can see how on a societal level, you know, polyamory may not be something that technically should be encouraged. Because I can understand, biologically speaking, why we've ended up the way we are, because you know, there's the children are take a lot of effort. So it's like on a societal level, if this was something that was like huge, but like at the same time, I don't really give a fuck. So I, I don't know. It is a toss up, but I can see how it, people do have a point. Some of the conservative, some conservative types, you know, the right leaning libertarians do have a point in that, you know, maybe we shouldn't encourage this. Obviously no one, if you're on the libertarian side of things, ever really saying we should ever should, you know, have the government dictate one way or the other, but they're just saying, this is why we were talking before where I kind of like, you know, the idea of HAPA where you would have, you know, private property would dictate where people go and you'd have areas where people who think more that way and people think more this way would end up and, you know, kind of the idea of the free market, you know, it went out. Maybe yeah. it's kind of one of those things where like, you'll never, we'll never really know. Like you assume that maybe it wouldn't work and then like, you know, say like polyamory and, you know, say if like HAPA's free society didn't end up happening and you end up with like a section where they are, are debaucherous and, you know, all that shit, like, who knows? Maybe it works with this fine, but I mean, well, like, from I what we've seen... A, I think of this in a few different ways. So, I have been poly before, and mm. it, it was it was nice, actually. It worked out really well. It just, um, at the time, I was still going through my separation, so it was a little... It just wasn't the right time for me, mentally, to be dealing with that. But, um, obviously, the famous phrase, it takes a tribe to raise kids. It does. It's very stressful, and from a financial standpoint, it was wonderful. We had three incomes in the house instead of just two, or just one. Um, I have no problem with it. I mean, government being involved in marriage, that's a whole nother thing. Um, let's say we both think it should, shouldn't period, but now yeah, whether you absolutely. think it should I'm be, going through a divorce right yeah. now. Absolutely. I don't want to pay for but, this. I really yeah. don't. So I understand. We're, we're more talking like social side of things on like whether, you know, like th just general thoughts, you know, how, how culture should manifest or if it should just be one of those things that like, you know you know, whatever, do whatever you want. <laughs> like, well, if you see it as like a, the relationship is the problem, then that's one thing. But we also look in other countries like Russia and Ukraine, like Eastern European countries where there's, you know, um, a mother and a father also living with the grandmother and the aunt. And those families are so much close knit and they care for each other. And you come here and you see that parent, like parents are kicking their kids out at 18 years old. And they're like, you're not responsible or we're not responsible for you anymore. And it's a total drop off and that's a huge difference. Like, so I see that families are, are much more 
protective of each other when they're all living together. And that could be like an argument for the success of a possible polyamory family. Um, it just all depends. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think like there is something to why we have kind of naturally manifested into monogamous relationships. So that's why I say like maybe on a societal level it wouldn't, but I do think at the same time, like there are certain things where I think there's probably like a jealousy thing people have to get over yes. and stuff like that. And communication is yeah. so important. Open, open communication. If you don't have that and you're not honest with your partners, then it's never going to work. It's the same thing with dating a sex worker. Which is, that's what I'm saying like, on a societal level is tricky, but I, I can see how for individuals at work, I've been married for almost 10 years. Me and my wife, like I, I wouldn't really, I mean, don't get me wrong. If like, she was like, go ahead, go get some strands. I'd be like, uh, cool. I mean, for one, I probably wouldn't just because I don't have that kind of time because we have two kids. And, <laughs> and it's hard to find. Yeah, it's hard to find. But I, I would never want like a second woman in the house that just was living. I mean, maybe call me sexist, whatever. But it's like I can only deal with one of my wife. So, I mean, I love her, but I can only do one. I mean, maybe it's different <laughs> on the other flip side with, with women and maybe down for two guys. I know I wouldn't be cool with it. But, you know, like I could see how it worked for some people and some people it wouldn't. And I think it's a matter of just like, like you said, communication. So, I think like. There's no reason why it can't work on an individual level. It's just a matter of whether it would work societal. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, who knows? Like, that's kind of why a part. Of, there's a big part of like why you know. Well, people we thought that out. way about having two yeah. dads and two moms, and they're yeah. like, "Well, how could this work?" Well, it works really good, actually. So, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you see, you, you see, gay parents with their kids, and their kids are like super spoiled, very well behaved, <laughs> like like going to the best schools, like you know. And so- even if it didn't, which I'm not saying it does, even if it didn't somehow work. It's still like that doesn't mean you get to institute violence. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. <laughs> like I mean, I, I feel like then it would kind of almost, uh, in a sense, even though it's not an economic thing, it would kind of, in a sense, work itself out in a way. Yeah. You know, if it was actually like a negative, you know, societal, I think it would over time it would weed itself out. Yeah. Which is kind of why I think liberty is key because if that was the case, we would have more ability to do stuff like that. You wouldn't have these. For one, like, yeah, you're only, like, legally allowed to marry one person. So, like, maybe there are people out there who want to marry more. I think except know? in so, Utah. I think polyamory is acceptable in Utah. I'm not sure. Yeah, but... <laughs> I mean, either way, it's like, I don't even really get why. You know, I, I mean, I've always joked, like, why do we get to get the government involved? <laughs> I don't even know how guys get, like, six wives. I, like, I've been trying to find just, like, one girl to have a threesome with me and my fiance. And I'm, like, I've been struggling with even that. So I don't know how anybody could find six wives. Man, like, yeah, you're really good. <laughs> Uh, my wife used to watch sometimes i forget the name of the show but it was the guy who had like he's like mormon had like multiple sister wives. sister wives something yeah like that. i just remember watching that and just be like oh my god that guy has an awful life <laughs> 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 like it was just his like because i feel like everybody assumes you know have multiple wives you know like they'd be like you know like well sarah's being a bitch so i'm gonna go hang out with uh ashley it's like no, I feel like women are a little more clicky, so you're just gonna end oh, up yeah. with them all all, all mad at you. Exercised by all of them, <laughs> and that's kind of what would usually happen. In the show is when one was mad that they would all be mad at him, and he was just kind of a sad human being that just is always just you know uh, doesn't know why they're mad at him. <laughs> if he wants to torture himself. That's his right. <laughs> yeah, I mean if that's your thing. Whatever. I mean, if you just love misery, <laughs> like I don't know, but yeah, uh, it's funny. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm kind of talking. You you perform with your boyfriend, right? I don't know if that's your or if it was your husband that you were speaking of. They're going through divorce or not? Because I, I mean, I, I mean, so yeah. So I, was, I did my I, research, which means I did watch the porn. But I was married for four years, and yeah. I was married to like a very socially conservative Russian guy. So he was not into the whole sex work thing. So once I got separated, I was 
I was out there. So mm-hmm. yeah, I ended up meeting my fiance and it's okay. He's okay with me talking about this part. Um, he was a virgin when I met him. <laughs> And, you know, me being a porn star, he was a virgin. I'm just like, yeah, it's going to work perfectly, right? <laughs> and so, like, after the first couple weeks, I was like, do you want to start do- making some videos with me? And, yeah, he he's doing great with it. He's a virgin, and now he's doing porn. <laughs> yeah. And I'm still the only person he slept with, which is great. So it's not it's... like I have to go out and get tested with, it, like, a million times because he's the only person that I make videos with, so... Okay, well, it kind of goes into what my next point was going to be. I was going to go into that, like, because we kind of were talking mm-hmm. on the poly thing. I didn't know if, like, you know, with the boyfriend, if that was, like, a thing. But, you know, I mean, whatever. Oh, no. When I when I actually, when I first met him, I was already still dating somebody. So that was my first poly experience. And, yeah, I'd have to get tested, like, every three or four weeks or so. But still, it was it was a nice experience. So you just mostly just film, do you guys just film your own shit or have like a, a camera? This is kind of off topic, not one of the questions. I yeah, no, uh, we, we film, we film it or we have one of our photographers film it. So we have, we have quite a few studios that we either work out of or we just do our own like amateur stuff. But amateur is one of the highest searched categories. So we figure, you know, might as well go where the money is. Yeah. I mean, people do seem to like that. I mean, that's kind of like the whole thing with like cams and stuff is people just like that, like gritty, realistic nature. You yeah. know, it's something I don't, I don't know. I think some, I don't know, it just feels more realistic to, for some people, I think. I mean, I was never one who really got into that, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, I don't know if this really is applicable to you, considering you kind of seem to do manage your own shit. But uh, one question someone asked is how the industry treats women. And so I figure, I mean, I guess you could probably, I'm assuming you've kind of worked more in the industry, in the industry, industry, like capital I industry, but you kind of do your own thing now. Um, you probably can touch on both sides of it. Obviously, I'm assuming your boyfriend treats you fairly well. Yeah. <laughs> when you work for yourself, it's always a positive industry. When you work for producers, this, this, okay, so this is where I have an issue with producers is they go out and they find young, impressionable 18-year-olds that don't realize that they're not going to make anything off the road. There's no royalties you know, they get paid one time and then they own zero rights to the video. So if they decide one day that they don't want to be in porn, they can't take it off the internet, which I have a huge problem with. And so I'm always advocating, like, I understand that you may be making a little bit more money off of that, but you're only going to make it one time. You can never take it off the internet and you're never going to make royalties off of it. And if you even try to get it taken off or even message them, they're not going to listen to you. Like, they don't care. Even if the video is never watched ever again, they don't care. So... And you know what? That's their fault for signing contracts. Their family should have taught them not to sign contracts. Um, I mean, that's a contract law. That's a you're 18 now. You know, that's IP. That's fucking. That's property rights. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's it's really honestly, they're to- totally legally covered. But I've also heard, I've heard the horror stories of, of rape and you know, coercion or whatever, like from famous porn stars and such. But. I'm only like I can only speak for myself at that point. That I've had an okay experience. I did a couple of uh, videos with producers, and I just I don't prefer it. I'd rather own the video and you know make money off of it. I don't want somebody making money off of me. Yeah, no, I mean that's really I don't I don't really get why honestly people would go either way. I mean I guess maybe for distribution. I don't know. I mean if you want to touch on the money side of things, if that really makes a difference one way or the other, have you noticed more money going? 
solo or the other way or you know going oh, way more oh yeah well no the, the one thing that was good about working with the producer is that i got more exposure mm. yeah that's what i was getting at so i didn't know i mean i guess maybe it'd be good for starting out but i mean once you have made a somewhat of a name for yourself i guess maybe i, I don't know because i mean i would it almost be a no-brainer to do it yourself i mean yeah i mean how much distribution do you really need i guess <laughs> I, it's I don't just know. a couple I mean, time thing like if you yeah. could do a couple of professional videos with like really well-known porn stars like just leave it at that and do your own like thing from there on that's that's as much popularity as you need really yeah i mean i i guess unless you're trying to be like huge huge i mean that i, I guess i can understand it then but like i mean i guess that's what i mean i say that but i guess there's probably a lot of big money if you do get huge huge so if you stick with the uh the big dogs yeah. i guess but i mean at the same time i think the i mean not that i'm trying to go into your specifics but i think the money is probably fairly good i mean people like that generally so yeah i mean i don't know that and like you said it does give you give yourself more freedom you know it's very much the entrepreneurial spirit i consider myself an agorist so i can i can kind of i kind of respect that yeah so you know having your own business is generally always preferable like yeah i mean it would be great you know to make a bigger name for yourself maybe make more money but at the same time it's uh well you even said you make more money going solo than you do did going through others right yeah absolutely yeah. i mean because i can i can make custom videos for people and then delete it yeah then so. you're probably assuming i don't know your business model but i'm assuming it's rec recurring money too you yeah probably have like subs and stuff like that so mm -hmm. um so yeah um one other thing i want to get into is I don't think a lot of people know shit about Dominatrix. So I don't know if you want to just touch on that a little bit and we can talk about it. Just kind of interested because I don't think really anyone, I mean, just think people just think of a chicken leather being the shit out of them. I mean, that <laughs> I mean that's there. part of it if they want it. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot of it's online. Most of it's online, like FinDom, like financial mm -hmm. domination. Um, just there's, there's ways that people actually like being like treated like shit and having somebody feel like, you know, some hot chick is using them for their money, like kind of like a, a cuck, I guess. But then there's also people that are like professional, like lawyers or, you know, just anybody in a professional field where they're like, okay, I really need somebody to encourage me to do something. So I'm going to pay this chick to be like, listen, if you don't fucking get this paperwork done or you don't fucking get this done or you don't clean your bathroom or whatever, you know, then I'm going to come over. I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> like, so... That's funny. Yeah. Do you notice any trends? Like, what is the thing that, I mean, because there's, like you were saying, there's obviously a whole bunch of subcategories of dominatrix, you know, so I don't know if there's, you notice a trend of like the, the, the normal stuff or, or not? Um, is it mostly just people who want you to disrespect are, them with money? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think a lot of people just want a companion, to be honest. Like, they just want more than anything. Like, they hire a dominatrix to just, keep them in line and keep them what's the word i'm looking for i had it on the tip of my tongue some stability just so, some sort of stability in their life it's hard to explain like it's not always just flogging and whipping like most people are not actually into that like they gum and they and they want that but once they're ready for it like a lot of people are like i don't know if i'm comfortable with this yet and so everything's consent like you know i have to understand if somebody's comfortable i have to see if they're saying they're not comfortable without saying it you know i have to pick up on body language all of this even when I, if i'm in the middle of you know pegging somebody you know i have to know if they're not feeling good or if they're not comfortable with it and all that so there's there's so many aspects that go into there's so many, so much different kind of domination that i've kind of just jack of all trades into it <laughs> like you know um 
a lot of it's been online lately just because of the COVID. But um, the best way I'd say that I'm going to give I'm going to give your audience a little loophole on how sex workers get away with doing shit that is sexual, but mm. is not considered prostitution at that point. Yeah. Um, anything you do on video is considered porn. That's the answer. Literally get their ID. You give them your ID, swap um, your latest screening and you're golden, you know, so everything at that point is just porn. You don't have to distribute it. You don't have to upload it. You know, you can give it to them if you want. Like you just, as long as it's filmed and you guys are both consenting adults that have been screened for STDs and you're both using protection, there is nothing that anybody can do about it. It's no longer illegal. So yeah, I've heard that before, especially like I, I was talking like a stripper forever ago and they were telling me that like, that was like a thing that they got into porn, but then they like, they had like, would have people who would like big rollers essentially who would essentially pay to do porn with them, but then they would never get released. It was essentially just a way for them to hire a hooker, but without yeah. having to, you know, deal with all that, which, uh, I don't which know. You I, have to do, but yeah, I mean, if you got to do what you got to do, you might as well do it, you know? I mean, it's smart, really. I, I also, I don't know if you can speak to on this. I, I, I have heard, I mean, just talking on my ass a little bit, but I've heard that that's a, I have heard in some states they have way more requirements, so I don't know. But then I guess they would only, I would assume in the states they have more requirements and they would just get you for like, oh, you didn't do this test or that thing or whatever. It would, it would be more you, instead of getting you for hiring a hooker, they'd be getting you on some technicality for not properly producing porn or something. You know what I mean? See, I don't know. I've never even heard of that. I don't think that they would waste their time. I feel like as long as they realize that like, they're looking more for, for trafficking victims. They're mm -hmm. not really looking to bust somebody for making unregulated porn <laughs> you know what i mean like consenting adults making unregulated porn i don't think that they're really yeah no i just i mean i, I guess i could only see that like if you were like just some generic street walker and you kept a, a video camera on you well you think about it like it, people you know? who tattoo like they're not really busting like you know kitchen mm -hmm. you know ink slingers they're <laughs> really not they're not like busting into people's kitchens like oh man you're not supposed to be tattooing in here <laughs> like we caught you <laughs> yeah, that's one thing. People do have this, like, idea that the state is, like, this just magical entity that's always going to catch you. But it's, like, these industries wouldn't pop up with this case. There are hookers out there that work all the time. And, like, you always see in, like, you know, like, especially, like, cop shows, you know, that them getting rounded up and arrested. But, I mean, if you're real, I bet you that most of those hookers probably hardly ever get arrested. And, you know what I mean? Like, it's probably not really even that big of a thing. Like, people have this idea that the, 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 the state is just this, like, you know, all powerful entity, but it's like, it's kind of not. It's really so, not. And it's run by idiots. Yeah, exactly. It really is. Yeah. It's run by idiots that are like them. Some of those idiots are run by evil people, but like for the most part, it's, I mean, it's not that hard to kind of, you know, dip and dodge and kind of, you know, move around the state. It's pretty, pretty slow moving beast. So, yeah. you know, uh, I think that's probably a good spot, spot to stop. We, we talked before this and I think it'd be kind of fun. We had talked about, you know, maybe doing some comics episodes or anime episodes later, which maybe we can do that some other time. Yeah. That's kind of fun. Um, you got any plugs you want to drop while I got you here? Um, yeah, uh, my Twitter is my first and last name. So Chase Takach, C-H-A-S-E-T-K-A-C-H. And my Instagram is the exact opposite, Takach Chase. Um, I guess I could leave on a note saying fully decriminalized, don't legalize. We don't want our bodies taxed and regulated. You don't want your body taxed and regulated. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> Yeah, do whatever the fuck you want to do anyways. You know, like I said, I'm an agorist, black and gray. You know, find your way to, if you can go straight up illegal and just, you know, dip, move around the state, go for it. You know, 
you know, just in case if that's illegal, you know, for for legal reasons, that's a joke. Uh, <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely send me your stuff after this. I'll put it in the video description. Uh, I'm going to do my plugs real quick. Uh, we got the Facebook group, the Liberty Movement Facebook group. We got uh, MeWe. Uh, we got a library, BitChute. Uh, we just recently, this show, the No Way Jose, I got an audio pod. I haven't got it on all the, the podcatchers yet because I just, I'm kind of a tech idiot. So I still got to figure that out. But I got it on most of them. I don't think I have an Apple yet. So I don't think we have an Apple and Amazon, which are the two big ones. But of course, they're like the most difficult ones to figure out tech wise to get it on there. Um, we also got the email, thelibertymovementglobal at gmail.com. Uh, if you want, shoot us an email. We're trying to collect emails for email lists. One of these days, we'll probably make a legit like email list, you know, thing. But, you know, we're just kind of, you know, ragtag, put it together. Um, yeah, we're trying to get like a site going, a newsletter down the line. We also got the merch. You guys always see me drinking my alcohol. Today I was drinking, uh, I forget what it's called, the Green Monkey, I think. It's oh, like yeah, it. I was looking at that. It looks awesome. Yeah, I fucking love them. I mean, I'm, I'm not usually one for like sweet stuff, but like pretty good. Um, you know. I'm more of like a beer and whiskey kind of guy, but at least it's a beer that's like really high alcohol content. So I only got to drink one and I'm feeling kind of, you know, feeling kind of good. So I like that a lot. <laughs> I, I like uh, quality, not quantity. Uh, yeah, uh, I think that's all I got. Yeah, I got the mer- oh, you did mention the merch. So you know, I got this, you know, I'm actually wearing the shirt today. If you can see it. Oh, nice. Yeah. So my buddy, my buddy, Derek, he's the one who's got that. He's also kind of a, our uh, graphics guy. So if you have any uh, graphics needs, like you're trying to like do some branding for sure. So hit him up. He'll, he'll do it for sure. He's done pretty much everything for the Liberty movement in this. Uh, yeah. I think that's all I really got, you know, like, share, subscribe, comment, all that good shit. Uh, and with that deuces. <laughs>